0: Hi and welcome back to the podcast. This week's topic holds a special place for me because it's one of those ideas that it that's easy to take out and describe to someone. What I mean by that is that there are lots of different Jewish practices and Jewish practices hold many different meanings, but very not many of them are so ex- as accessible and as powerful as Refersh's description of tzitzit. So that's one takeaway. The easily accessible Jewish idea that's embedded in a symbol that you walk around with, that illustrates a powerful message, but more than that is Rav Hirsch's journey that takes us there. Independently it's powerful, but enrichment that Rav Hirsch gives it brings it to life. So by way of background, Rav Hirsch describes how the Mitzvah of Sitzitz was the apt reaction of the Almighty to the failure of the spies and the Jewish people in the desert. The reaction of God was to give the mitzvah of Tzitzis. Why is this appropriate? But more than that, it parallels perfectly God's reaction to the very first sin of humanity, the very first failing of humanity in the Garden of Eden, eating from the tree of good and evil. The narrative describes God's reaction to present them with clothing. This is the journey Ruth Hersh takes us to. But more than that, because it's relatable to something that we live out in our daily life today, it allows us to really take part in real symbolism. Because it bridges the gap from philosophy to like embodied action. From the abstract to the practicals, because we know what it are. They answered a question all those years ago, but they relate to questions that we have today. The nature of freedom, duty, and creativity, and expression within the framework of religion. That is what we're going to discuss this week. But before we jump in, I just want to apologize for my lack of consistency with the podcasts over the past couple of weeks. The move to Ramat Pet Shemesh three weeks ago for myself and my family has been very time-consuming. It's been very smooth, thank God, but it's been time-consuming. And these podcasts take both headspace and time to really do justice to Rav Hirsch. But I didn't want to give up this week's. So what takes place? In this week's Parsha, we have the story of the spies. The spies that go into the land of Canaan and return with a bad message that makes the Jewish people cry out. And in reaction, God gives them a mitzvah. The mitzvah of Sitzis. Now there are many overlapping patterns here, but I want to focus on just one. The structure we have here is this is a reaction, this mitzvah is a reaction to the failure of the Jewish people, the failure of the spies, but this isn't the first time clothing has been a reaction to a failure. The failure of Adam and Chava, Adam and Eve, the very first failing we have at the beginning of Genesis, when they ate from the tree of good and evil, the reaction of God was to give them clothes. Now for Avhersh this is very significant, because he sees a parallel being played out here perfectly. First of all, the idea of clothes themselves are what distinguish us from animals. Animals don't wear clothes. So let's play it out again. The failures were similar too, especially from Rav point of view. The failure of the spies was to allow their ego, to allow their personal subjective desires to come into play when they were carrying out their mission, to carry out their job. And their fear and their anxiety came into play when they gave their report. The evil report they gave of the land, that's the nature of all Lashon Hara, all, I suppose, gossip or evil talk. We allow ourselves to come in, to poison the well, so to speak. But the same thing happened with Adam and Chava in the Garden of Eden. God gave them a commandment not to eat from this tree. Now, Rav Hirsch gives Hirsch gives a sort of a unique approach to what exactly the failure was. The failure was very simple from his point of view. There was nothing mystical or magical about the tree. It was just the tree that they were told not to eat from. To give the message that that which looks beautiful, that which looks sweet and desirable, it doesn't mean it's good. So for a Hirsch there was nothing metaphysical about the tree. There was nothing magical properties to the tree. It was just the tree that emphasized this point. And they failed. It looked good, so they went for it. And God's reaction is clothes. Same too here, the reaction of God to the failure of the Jewish people in the desert, once again is clothes. So we have the first level of this sort of symbolic structure. God being the ultimate educator, his reaction to these moral failings is clothes. But let's take it upper level. These clothes were only given to Ottoman Chava when they realized they had done wrong, when shame hit them. When they became self-conscious about their failures. Where they came to, a, let's call it, the desire, or the stage where they were ready to be educated, God reacts to them with clothes. The same thing is here with Sitsis. The first sort of legal idea that refers sort of slots in to complete this parallel is that Sitsis isn't a commandment. It's a commandment if you want it to be. You put Sitsis on a four-cornered garment, but you don't have to wear a four-cornered garment. You have to want to. You have to be ready you have to be self-conscious in the need for this education. So once again, the pattern working its way out the same way. So let's play it out again. We have the failure of both Odom and Chava and the Jews in the desert, and the educational response of the Almighty is clothes. But there's another layer there, that it only came about in the Garden of Eden when they realized they had strayed, when they realized they had done something wrong. God's reaction to them is clothes, and the sitsits that the Jewish people receive in the desert once again is interlaced with this freedom if you want it, if you want this educational message, if you're ready for it. But now let's take it up to the last, sort of the, the highest point of this pyramid. What is the actual symbol? What are sitsits And how do they filter back down to the rest of the structure? This is where one of Rav Hirsch's most profound ideas come into play. So we have the reaction to the failure of the Jewish people in the desert is of tzitzis. And only if you have a four-cornered garment that you want to wear do you have to attach these strings to. Okay, but what are these strings? Well, it's basically seven strings of white and an eighth string of blue. And for Rav Hirsch... This is where we really get the message of this week's Parsha, a message that takes the abstract ideas of religion and philosophy and morality and draws it into life through the medium of a symbol of Sittis. You have eight strings. Well, you have the number six, which always represents physicality, six days of creation, seven, which represents the moral freedom of humanity, the divine spark in humanity. And these strings, these seven strings, are knotted together to show that the seventh, the divine nature of man, must be in control of the other six. There is a tight knot of two-thirds of the tzitzis to remind us that our lives have to be structured, have to be structured in duty. But there aren't only seven strings. There's the eighth string of sky blue, which represents the Jewish mission. These are added together and intertwined in knots, of one-third, these three elements of our personality, these are the threads that are woven throughout our lives, the, the animal part of what it means to be human, the divine part of what it means to be human, but then again, the uniquely Jewish mission, represented by the number eight, which we have from the Bris Milah on the eighth day, and here, represented by the thread of sky blue, and all these are knotted together, Two of these energies must be the ruler over the sixth. The seventh, what it means to be human. And the eighth, what it means to have the Jewish mission and the Jewish responsibility. This is what it means to be human, to subordinate the sixth, to subordinate nature under what it means to be human, the divine human part of us. The part of us that is in the image of God. We put under it, under its control, into a structure, the animal side of us. And we uplift it and make it divine. But the Jew has the extra mission, the mission of the eighth string, and all these are bound together in a knot. But now the true beauty of the symbolism comes into play, because it's not only relevant into the story that we have here, it is a truth that transcends all stories. It's a truth that transcends all cultures. Yes, they are bound together. Yes, these strings, these eighth strings are bound together in knots, but not in the nature that's suffocating. As I said, one-third is bound up, but two-thirds hang free. Representing a truth of existence that with structure allows freedom to blossom forth. Even the word sits means to blossom out. That truth is given over by the sitsis. Yes, there is a bound, there's a structure, there are knots. Without any form of structure, you don't have freedom. As I said, that is a universal truth. Not only a truth essential to the message to the Jewish people, a universal truth of what it means to be human. You can't play piano until you know a semblance of the rules. You can't express yourself in art or in literature until you know the rules, until you have language. Language itself is a structure. Without structure, you have chaos. That is the message of the Sitters. The reaction we had to the failure of the Miraglim was clothes. The reaction to that very first failing in the Garden of Eden, once again, was clothes. Because clothes represent our ability to transcend our sensual or our ego. Clothes represent what it means to be human. But then we brought it up a level. And we showed that it's not just the message, but it's education. Education is key to what the Tyre is doing. But education only really comes in its purest form when the student wants to be educated. When we want, or we're at a level where we realize we need education and we want to grow. When it came to Adam and Eve, it was when they realized that they had done something wrong, when they became self-conscious, when they experienced the shame and they hid. And God's reaction was clothes. The Jewish people in the desert, the message God gives to them by way of Jewish law is that when you are ready, you can wear a four-cornered garment, and then you are obligated to wear sitsis. Not before, not all Jews are obligated to wear tzitzes, only when we are wearing a four-cornered garment. To add in there the element of freedom in the actual message itself, this is so key, because education can only come from a point of view of freedom. Education can't be forced, and one of the most sublime educating tools of the Torah, is sits, and its very structure is rooted in freedom. And then we drew it down to the embodiment of the object itself. We take the abstract and we draw it, we bridge it into life. The message the actual object is given over, that we anchor to, is the knots, the seven knots of white, representing six, which is our being human, being alive, like the rest of the animal kingdom. But the seventh string, representing what it means to be uniquely human. The divinity of being human, the sacredness of being human, and the responsibility that goes along with it. And the eighth string of sky blue, representing the Jewish mission. Those two are partners for Rav Hirsch, the eighth string and the seventh string. Being human, being a mensch and then the added level of the responsibility of being a Jew. And these strings, representing the components of what it means to be human and a Jew, are bound together, representing that universal truth, that structure is needed. But how does that structure blossom forth? With two-thirds of freedom. The rest of the strings hang loose, representing symbolically that with structure comes two-thirds of freedom. And that has always been the Jewish message. Yes, there is a structure. Yes, we all do our part to work on that structure and live up to that structure. But Judaism has always promised this educational process leads to freedom. So the symbolism of tzitzis and how that plays back to the very first failing of mankind and how the actual educational tool, its very structure, is embedded with freedom. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful week and a wonderful Shabbos.